turned on Sexy Marriage Radio, where the best sex is happening in the marriage bed. Here are your hosts, Dr. Corey Allen and Shannon Etheridge. Welcome back to another episode of Sexy Marriage Radio. Where did you have something? No. Okay, because this is a rarity because we're, we're sitting right beside each other, and so you he know, saw me inhale. This is one of those different ones. We're not seeing each other through a screen. We're actually together while we were running the Sexy Marriage Radio getaway once again. Woo! Coming live. So. Really deep morning so far. I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> Corey needs to go take a nap during that. Yeah, and wow. So we're just glad though that everybody's here. Uh, obviously at the getaway, but I'm also just so grateful that everybody comes in uh, every week to our shows and they join us and they ask questions and they speak up and they email us at feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. Well done to be on cue with that one. <laughs> because one of the things we love is hearing from our listeners because our listeners are so important because I don't think without, I mean, I know without them, the show wouldn't be what it is. Right, right. And I want to apologize that we don't have the opportunity to respond to each and every email that comes in because we get a lot, mm-hmm. but we do read each and every one. Yes, we do. And we do make notes of things that we want to cover for future topics. So this is very much listener-driven radio. Absolutely. And, and it's because of you and your spreading the word and liking us on Facebook and tweeting it and just sharing it with your friends. And I I just love it because that's what spreads the word. And you can also help us by jumping on iTunes if that's what you use as your one of your means for joining and and finding us and leave us any kind of reviews or comments. If you like us, put five stars because that helps us climb the charts in the sexuality category, which I'm still trying to dethrone I knew One you were going to say that. I, I was like, oh, we just got to beat out Dr. Drew for that. Uh, for it's, the there's so, there's a couple more ahead of him, but I, okay. I want number one, which that, that would be quite an accomplishment. That would so. be. That would be. But I, I think that it's possible. Yes, it is. Um, hey, we are going to go really deep with a question today. Okay. Um, this question created a huge paradigm shift for me in my own personal journey as a sexual female. Um, I think that. Those of us who were raised in conservative Christian homes, we were naturally taught, maybe overtly, maybe covertly, that sex is dirty, sex is bad, mm-hmm. and you should save it for someone that you love. Right. Yeah. You know? Or, <laughs> or it was the whole. <laughs> that's a funny comment, actually. Um, or it's the whole "don't do it, don't do it, don't do it" unspoken, which has that connotation of right. there must be something wrong with it. Right. And good girls don't, and we certainly don't talk about it. And you know, there was just so many negatives surrounding it in our religious communities. However, when I was working on my master's in counseling at Liberty University, I took a human sexuality class and just want to give a shout out to Dr. David Lawson, who posed this question to our class. And he sent us into small groups to discuss this for two full hours. And I was thinking two hours, like, do we really need two hours? After two hours of chewing on this question with a small group, I think we could have spent two days mm-hmm. talking about this particular topic. And so I love that we've given the audience a few minutes to wrestle mm-hmm. with it, even this morning, and have come up with some great responses. But here's the question. Can I get a drum roll? Do you have a drum roll on that Mac of yours? I don't. <laughs> don't put him on the spot. I don't have that. Okay, well, everybody, no, come I on. Don't. Come on. We can do it. <laughs> okay, the question is, how is our relationship with God sexual. Do you think about the fact that marriage is intended to be a reflection of Christ's commitment to his bride, the church? 
And therefore, there must be something about marital intimacy that is reflective of what God intends to have with us. Right. And so um, when I was writing the book, The Sexually Confident Wife, there was a quote that I used from Philip Yancey, great theologian. Love Philip Yancey. Yeah. He wrote this little bitty booklet called mm-hmm. Designer Sex. Mm-hmm. And in it, he says, in one sense, we are never more godlike than in the act of sex. We make ourselves vulnerable. We risk. We give and receive in a simultaneous act. We feel a primordial delight entering into the other in communion. Quite literally, we make one flesh out of two different persons, experiencing for a brief time a unity like no other. Two independent beings open their inmost selves and experience not a loss, but a gain. Mm-hmm. Isn't that beautiful? That is. Like it gives me goosebumps. And so I thought that it would be really great to chew on this question as a community. And that's why I saved it for the getaway. I've been wanting to do this show well forever. Done. Well done. Yeah. I see the plan you had scheming going on. I know. Along. You see okay. the smoke coming out of my I ears and hear the wheels turning in my head. And Corey, it was a really powerful morning. I just want to say kudos to you for Thank knowing you. how to take men and women to some really deep emotional levels. When I went to the restroom, there was a lot of you know, <laughs> fixing back the makeup because of the tears that were shed. I'm, because we, we've been talking about not just physical body-to-body connections, mm-hmm. but soul-to-soul connections. A deeper level. Right. So I think that this is a natural... Dovetails perfectly into, this, into the spirit realm of the relationship we have with God, exactly. our Creator. Exactly. Yeah? And so one of the first responses that were tossed out from the audience is, um, first of all, in our relationship with God, there's an enormous amount of trust. Mm-hmm. And in our marriage relationship... When you talk about the most trusting relationship there is, uh, our, our physical safety, uh, co-parenting together, managing finances together, doing life together, there's an enormous amount mm-hmm. of trust and that there's also an, an enormous amount of growth. I mean, you talk about, what is it that you call it? A people... That marriage is a people growing process? People growing process. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and that it requires a lot of courage. Yes, it does. And openness. And are we talking about marriage or spirituality there? B- uh, both. Yeah, I, th- I think it. so. I think that's those are interchangeable. Exactly. That's that's the whole notion of what's required of us in marriage is often very reflective of what's required of us in our relationship with God if we really want to go deep with God, if we mm-hmm. really want a personal relationship with Him, not right. just a superficial relationship. Right, because then you're talking about, like one one of our members of the audience mentioned, we can do... Marriage by checking the boxes, by playing the part, we can do we spirituality. Can yeah, we can do spirituality, quote unquote, which would probably be more termed religion. Right. By checking the boxes, going through the parts, playing the roles, showing up every Sunday, right. doing what you're supposed to do, but do you have a deeper connection? Right. Do you have a relationship with God as opposed yeah. to a religion? That or do you have a relationship to? with a spouse as opposed to... I'm a, I'm a partner. I'm a, a roommate. Partner. I'm a, yeah, right. it's a, it's a business arrangement. Right. Right. So I wanted to open up the floor for some of the listeners who have contributed to the conversation this morning to come up and just share some of their thoughts because we had some really great. Oh, we should have recorded. We should have been broadcasting that conversation live <laughs> because that was some f- profound statements. Yeah. So let's see if we can't recreate some of those uh, some of those concepts here. Tell us your name and where you're from. I already know, but you can share it with everybody else. My name is Laura, and I'm from Tyler, Texas. 
And one of the things that really stood out in this conversation is the analogy. If marriage is a metaphor for a relationship with Christ, then what is the metaphor of sex? And if you think anatomically, in sex there is an indwelling. And so in our relationship with with God, he dwells within us as the groom, and he resides within, and there's this very intimate indwelling together. So that concept of, I mean, let's just be very, very literal, that concept of the penis being inside the vagina, that's like the closest that we can get in a physical realm of the whole concept of being indwelt by someone. That with God, it's a spiritual indwelling that goes much deeper into our heart and in the DNAs of our, or the fibers of our DNA. Uh, but marriage is, that's as close as we can get between two human beings. That we can't dwell in each other's hearts and minds fully all the time, but we can come together in that physical union. I think that's beautiful. Yeah, that is good. To, even to take it just a step further, that idea of when, um, not to, to be graphic, but when there you is... You can be graphic with Wait, us. Uh, this is Sexy Marriage Radio Getaway. <laughs> this is Sexy Marriage Radio. <laughs> well, when there's ejaculation, there's part of your partner left behind. Mm-hmm. And so in our An impartation. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so in our relationship with God, if he is indwelling within us, then he is left behind within us and there's he's visible within us there's, right there's right. an impartation and there's a receiving yeah right beautiful well Very done beautiful. yeah well done <laughs> yeah um so i'll toss out another one while we're waiting on other folks to belly on up to the bar with their thoughts <laughs> Um, I'll call you out if you're not going to come up. I'm calling you out. I think that it's very interesting that when we talk about what Christ did on the cross to redeem humanity, it's often referred to as the passion of the Christ, Mm -hmm. that it took great passion for him to hang there on the cross. And so passion is a word that can be used to describe suffering, but we also use the word passion to describe that joy and that euphoria and that energy exchange of what happens in a marriage relationship, which can also, you know, marriage can also be a place of suffering as well. And so, uh, but you know, I have to believe that when Jesus was hanging there on that cross, it wasn't strictly suffering. He was doing it out of love. He was doing it out of that euphoria of, I love my people and I want to spend eternity with them. And so I'm going to hang and, here and that in order fits, to make that way. That fits into the, the mindset we've been proponents of on the show and definitely proponents of here this weekend at the getaway of when I go through and I have passion, but it has suffering, I know it's going to produce something. Mm-hmm. That and if you look at it, process. you look at it from Christ on the cross, he knew full well, because look, he even tried to avoid it. I mean, he's like, God, is there any other way? <laughs> Don't you because he's a logic Yeah, Cause he's a logical man. He's like, sure. I know what's coming. Do, is there any other way? And God's like, no, this is the way and he's like done. I know it will produce something. And that's that restoration. And it goes back to that trust. Mm-hmm. Jesus had to trust that his, his plan is the plan he has to go by. So yeah, tell us your name and where you're from. Uh, Joe from the central coast of California. Joe, welcome, welcome. You had some brilliant insights that the entire audience wanted to like fall on their knees and just scream, we're not worthy, we're not, because it was, it was deep. So let's see if we can reproduce that. Well, one of them was simply the, uh, the analogy that, uh, sex obviously involves foreplay uh-huh. and, uh, uh, varied and it's great, it's fun, it's awesome. And then an orgasm is, uh, you know, obviously could be the result and that's great. And that's similar to our, our walk with God in some ways that in this world, in our, in our life, we can have some joy, we can have some peace, some connection with God, a friendship with God, but it can only go so far. Mm-hmm. And it's got limitations that ultimately we're not going to have really significant fulfillment 
until after we die. Mm -hmm. And I guess that's kind of similar in the sense that maybe our life here is sort of, it's kind of the foreplay. And the orgasm is not just a three-second or a 20-second experience after death, but it's it's a it's a, a never-ending experience. Eternity. It's eternity. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It reminded me how there was a quote I read one time that that orgasm is a foretaste of heaven. And maybe that's why when we orgasm, we often scream, oh, God, I'm coming. <laughs> because, yeah, I think that there definitely is a connection between heaven and orgasm. When you think about what happens in the brain during mm-hmm. orgasm, which is one of the videos that we showed, there is literally all kinds of endorphins and hormones that release that create joy and relaxation and bonding. And I would think that when we get to heaven, there's going to be a lot of joy and relaxation and bonding that we'll be home. Yeah, our heavenly absolutely. Bride. And I, I, I just think of the tenderness that comes along with spirituality. If it, that we don't talk about it too much, do we? I mean, cause what, think of the scriptures of one of the disciples rested on Jesus's breast. Mm. I mean, he just kind of leaned in and, you know that there's a sexual component to that in this in the, as far as an intimacy goes right. and a connection and a tenderness right. that makes some people really uncomfortable. I mean that was mentioned in our audience of there's an area of masculinity that's like oh, I don't know I can't you know and so right. it's just recognizing as a man and that's why that's every you know even after teaching this morning and then you bringing up the topic and I was like I'm going to need some time. <laughs> there's a component of that that is. As my masculine side of me, I, this is a hard wrestling part. Right, right. Well, I think that the where the whole thing breaks down in our human minds is we associate sexual with penis and vagina. Yes, that's just where our it's just functional kind of go. stuff. We don't think in deeper terms of that soul to soul connection mm-hmm. like we have with God, and that we can have glimmers of that with mm-hmm. with one another. And that soul to soul connection is definitely what Jesus had with his disciples. But Corey, I remember when I was writing my book, Completely His, about embracing your role as the bride of Christ, I had asked several pastors if they ever preached on Revelation 19. Because my understanding is that, you know, when you look at how our story is going to end as Christians, it's going to be that Jesus returns for us and he's not coming back as a master or savior or friend or father. He's coming back as a heavenly bridegroom. Mm -hmm. And there's going to be a grand and glorious wedding supper of the lamb. That what started in the book of Genesis as a betrothal, as an engagement process, culminates in this great wedding supper of the Lamb. And so this is how the story is going to end. But I had never heard a single sermon on being the bride of Christ. Right. And I was kind of miffed about that, being in my early 40s. And it's like, really? No pastor has ever, to my knowledge, yeah. not that I had heard. And so one pastor in particular, he responded to the question, you know, I've never preached on that analogy of being the bride of Christ because to me it just reeks of homosexuality. Yeah. And I was absolutely flabbergasted yep. that he would be so wrapped up in his own masculinity that he m- misses how the story goes and how it will end. But I love what C.S. Lewis said. He said, God is so masculine. We're all feminine in comparison to mm-hmm. him, that we are merely responders to his light and love, that there is nothing that we can initiate mm-hmm. with God, that he hasn't already initiated with us first. Yep. And, and that, that's where the feminine and the masculine right. comes and, in. And that's a component that I wish we would have had of time this morning to unpack mm. <laughs> because there's even more we could have gone with the group on the differences of the dynamic between masculine and feminine, which, all, which we all encompass. Right. Everybody has some of that. And Absolutely. so if somebody's willing in the audience, and those of you that aren't here or, or that are just listening to this, 
maybe you need to come next year so you can find the answer to this. But if if you're willing, bring it up during the Q&A a little bit later, and we can spend just a little bit of time. I want to give you more tsunami of information. But it's still just that concept of there is so much that we have as people of learning to receive. Mm, yeah. Right? Isn't it hard? I mean, if you're given a gift, isn't it hard to just receive right. that just gift? If somebody wants to just say, you know what? You be the center of attention sexually tonight in your marriage. And it's like, I don't, I, I feel obligated now. I need to reciprocate. I need to, rather than, okay, I got to just grow in comfort of being the center of attention. I got to get comfortable uh, in my own I don't skin. know about this. This feels wrong. This feels selfish. This feels, uh, and so it's just, that's the process. And I, th- right. and I love the but whole it, concept, spiritually speaking. It correlates with mm. what God has done for us. Absolutely. Can it we does. honestly pay God back? No. Can we honestly earn? That's what we wrestle well, with with our whole spirituality is exactly. there's nothing else we can do it but receive. A, it is a free gift yep. that we can never earn ever, ever, ever. But if I don't respond mm. yeah. somehow, yeah. some way and how it changes me. What right. am I? Have I really received it? That's a struggle. Uh, we are going to welcome another listener here. Tell us your name and where you're from. My name is Ray Lee Riggs, and I'm from um, Schaumburg, Illinois, outside of Chicago. Uh-huh. And um, I made a comment that um, after having um, some really good sex, there have been times where I have actually cried, and there's, um, in my soul, uh, I have felt more connected to God than ever. Mm. Um, I'm not sure what that's all about. I've never really thought too much about mm-hmm. that. But, but you knew that something had happened something in you. Something was touched very deeply. Exactly. Exactly. I, I love that. I think that so many women, they assume that if they feel emotional or teary after sex, mm-hmm. there must be something wrong mm-hmm. either with me or the relationship. And then they start nitpicking of why did I start crying? It's like, wait a minute, maybe you started crying because your soul oh. was touched in a way that it doesn't get touched in any other manner. Exactly. Yeah. And I've, I've got to, I've got to bring out the guy side of this though, because if okay. you see your, if you see your wife tearing up after a great moment, wouldn't it just be natural of like, what? What's wrong? What? I thought that. I, I thought I touched everything so perfectly. Crying. <laughs> I followed the script perfectly. You know, I listened to Sexy Marriage Radio and I followed A B C D E F and G. I found the exact clock position. Right. I, oh, <laughs> no, don't say where it is. But it is one of those because that's where I love the dynamic of what you're describing is. Something was touched in you, and by you allowing yourself to go there spiritually and sexually, that challenges your your husband to have to learn to grow in comfort of you being you, and you opening yourself up, which that's a new realm then. That's where I come at the idea on some of the shows where I've talked about this idea of lots of times as husbands, what we say we want is a really turned on wife. You know, because nothing turns on a man more than a fully turned on woman. Yep. That is yep. the most attractive thing there is. Mm-hmm. But that's also the, one of the scariest things there is. Yeah. If we're honest as fellas, <laughs> I'm seeing a couple of nods, just because it's like, if you can do repetitive over and over orgasm, and it lasts, it's more deep and it's more involved and all of that, how could I ever satisfy that? 
Right. How could I ever? And I, so if you bring it into the spiritual realm, mm-hmm. we are always butting up against our limitation mm-hmm. in this world. Yeah. I and mean, that's what, that's what Joe kind of was alluding to is, right. is we, there's, there's something that I can't fulfill it. And that's where God comes in and says, I got the rest. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I love this analogy of, um, shedding tears after sex, but sometimes it's the flip side. Sometimes you break out in laughter after sex. And I think that maybe a man who's a little insecure you know, sees his wife laughing at him and he's like, what? What, what did, did I do? do? <laughs> Nothing's changed. There's still the same thing. Yeah. But, but what I think of is um, one of my wildest roller coaster rides was the Texas giant with my son. And we were on the front Favorite in the front car, best roller coaster and ever. We insisted on having our hands up the entire time just to add to the tension, uh-huh. and we laughed so hard and we screamed so loud that by the time we got back to the starting gate, we were literally laughing and crying simultaneously. And it was such a stress reliever yep. and an incredibly bonding moment. And so I think that in our relation, in our sexual relationship with our spouse, and in our spiritual relationship with God. Those elements can be present, and it just adds to the yeah. memory of it. It adds so, to the bonding element. So could you say we could even do a future show on the humorous side of sex and how that can actually be a bonding thing? Because if yeah. you think about it, when you laugh with somebody, you're, connecting, good you're connecting with them. It's healing. It's bonding. There's oxytocin going on. There's dopamine going on. And you get that, remember that hidden, remember that joke kind of thing? You know, remember that moment? And yep. So... Okay, I'm just going to put that out well, there and leave it at that. <laughs> I was going to say maybe we need to have Pam as a as a guest on the show if we want to talk about the humorous side of sex because I get the feeling that she I don't has know. Some stories to tell. <laughs> uh, I'm having technical difficulty here. I'm not quite sure. <laughs> so some of the other concepts that were thrown out is obviously there is a deeper level of intimacy with God that we can experience mm-hmm. uh, and we can experience a deeper level of intimacy with our spouse than we can with any other human being on the planet. So right. there's the mirror image there. Right. Also that there is definite two way communication. I mean, it can be one way communication. Let's be real. Yeah. We can treat our spouse like they're just a sexual doormat that we can wipe our feet on yeah. that we just, you know, wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. And we're done. We got the rocks off or whatever. We crossed the threshold and, and there wasn't that soul to soul connection. Right. That's functional sex that you're describing. We can do that. That's the check in the box, playing the role. Right. Or we can go much, much deeper right. where we get to know each other. And, yep. and I think that, okay, you're the one who went to, to seminary to study by, uh, Pam tells me that your technical term for it is I studied Bible stuff. Bible stuff. <laughs> That's my degree. <laughs> Bible stuff. But the, the word that was used um, that described how Adam knew Eve is... <laughs> Keep going. You're doing fine. <laughs> Sorry. So it's my hidden joke. Sorry. Um, and then um, uh, in Hosea, where God says that, um, that you will acknowledge me as Lord and as husband, that that word acknowledge is the same word that's used to describe how Adam knew Eve. That there's mm-hmm. going to be an intimate mm-hmm. knowing that we're going to not just be familiar with one right. another, but we are going to know each other in the deepest parts. Right. Yeah. And I think that's a beautiful thing. Absolutely. Cause that's an element of just seeing and being seen of, of nakedness, of yes. vulnerability, of connection because you allow yourself to be exposed. Mm-hmm. Because it, because think about it. How many times in marriage are we exposed, but we fight that? Mm-hmm. And how many times does God at the same time 
expose something in our life, but we fight that. And, and see, that can almost be comical because when we sure. deny and defend and deflect because we're uncomfortable with our own vulnerability or our own exposure, yeah. we try to make it about <clears throat> the other person. But it's it's almost comical. It's like, don't you think I know you? Like I've been living with you for like two or three decades now. It's, you know, it, it's, it's, it's like, are you? Re- do you really think you're going to hide behind that right. belief? Who's fooling who here? And, you and what is the, the the favorite question in the Bible? Who told you you were naked? Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. there 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 really is a, a, a profundity about the concept that we can deny our own selves in the presence of our spouse and think that we have a leg to stand on when our spouse knows us so much better than we know ourselves yep. so often. Yep. Um, and That's... obviously, God knows us much deeper than we know ourselves. So there's that correlation there. Um, and then also the fact that there is just a very deep friendship that the concept of being a friend of mm-hmm. God, again, that was another paradigm shift for me to, to move from God as this distant disciplinarian who's ready to strike me down. If I commit one, one sin too many mm-hmm. looking at it as, Oh no, no, God loves me. Yep. God forgives me. He wants to use me. He has used me. He wants to continue doing that. Like I am a co-heir, uh, of all that God has entrusted to humanity. And the fact that I am his friend means a lot to me. Right. It, it really changes that whole paradigm of God's just out to get me and he's watching, you know, looking around the corners to see what I do wrong. And it's like, no, no, no. He is cheering me on That's, every moment of every yeah, day. Yeah, the multifacet levels of the relationship. Mm-hmm. I, it, it is a great mirror of marriage because, you know, because your partner, you know, that that's the one thing we, we've done conversations about this Um in the archives of Sexy Marriage Radio, you can find a show about can men and women truly be friends? And, you know, and it is that whole thing of that's a component of marriage, yes, but there's also a difference of being labeled husband or being labeled wife. And that, a huge it's all of that. Yeah, it's multifaceted. It includes a lot of different things. And I love what you said this morning, that whatever you're 100% responsible for, you are 100% responsible right. for that. And that notion of... It's the husband's responsibility to be a husband to her. And mm-hmm. it's her responsibility to be a wife mm-hmm. to him. And I'm not talking about just blind submission here. Oh, no. Of just go through the motions and give them what no. you think that they're supposed to be given. This has nothing, this has nothing to no, do with what you do. Connection. It's who you are. Right. The sharing of who you yeah. are. Yeah. And the acceptance of who they are. Yeah. And the, and the, accepts, the acceptance that they are different than you. That was one of the deepest comments that I've ever heard um, Nicole Johnson's husband say was that the thing that we most have to forgive our spouse for is the fact that they're not us. I like it. Yeah. I had a phrase I was going to try to work in this morning, and now I'm going to do it on the show. Okay. Of true compatibility is the ability to make room for differences. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's in the interest of differentiation. Yep. It's, it's, you- it's, it, uh, it's allowing for, you know what, you're different than me. And that's okay. Yeah. And that's what I love about our spiritual relationship with God is it's not that we're different than him because we're in his image. Right. But he's constantly kind of saying, I'm here and it, and you're okay. Right. And, you know, and Notice me and, and you're okay. Choose me and, and you're definitely okay. Mm-hmm. And that his ways are far higher than our ways, mm-hmm. but he wants to show us his way. So that we can follow in that path. Mm-hmm. And I realize that this particular show may have made some folks uncomfortable because not all of our listeners oh, yeah. ascribe to Christianity. Nope. And so I hope that you will humor us that yep. because this is our paradigm, it is important, I think, for us to dive to these deeper spiritual levels yeah. of intimacy in yeah. marriage, not just the physical and the mental and the emotional. Because 
I totally agree with Raylene. I, I think that that concept of when you have a deep heart-to-heart, soul-to-soul connection with your spouse, it touches you so much deeper than you could ever touch Absolutely. each other genitally. Absolutely, because I think that everybody, doesn't matter where they're coming from, if we have tasted a sense of otherness that's not about another person, but it could still be another person, but there's a difference between, there's something in that that area in between that's like, there's something else there. There's it's something synergy. else. Yeah, there's it's something. It's a synergy that, that, that one person has tons of energy and the other person has tons of energy, but when you put those two people together in that primordial delight experience, it creates far more energy than even those two added together. It, it's, it's multiplied exponentially. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> now we need to all go out and smoke a cigarette in now, the parking lot. <laughs> I'm, I just want to go to bed. I'm tired. Man, that was, that was a deep... I, I'm, I'm curious, just because you, you brought up... I mean, obviously with our audience here at The Getaway, uh, that, you know, we're, we're right in wheelhouses because we've had a chance to really unpack some things. And so they're so... I realize if you're just now catching a show, you're trying to catch up. You're like, what in the world are you talking about? <laughs> But I'm, I, I really want to know. Feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. Let us know what you think. What 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 spurs in your mind and in your soul from this? Because that would be some pretty, pretty cool dialogue. I can't wait to see what we get. Yeah, because one of the things I love is the fact that our show produces conversations in people's homes and in their relationships. Can you imagine the dinner conversation between spouses where one listens to the show and the other hasn't yet, and the spouse <laughs> says, so, how is our relationship with God sexual? Oh, hello. <laughs> might get some crickets from that one. What? <laughs> well, this has been Sexy Marriage Radio. So thanks for taking some time out of your day to spend it with us. Yeah, we love you for listening. If you've benefited from this podcast, consider becoming a member of the Bed Buddy Club. Your financial support will help take Sexy Marriage Radio to the next level and enable Corey and Shannon to strengthen many other couples. Learn more at SexyMarriageRadio.com by clicking on the purple button.